2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. And welcome to Gravel Notes. The decision is made. Those were the fateful words of Oytanak speaking about team orders and the decision was made by the very el presidente of hyundai motorsport to hold station to hold back effectively telling their gladiators stop the fight and that was to secure a historic one two three for the team rather than the drivers pushing hard and risking enough you could say after hyundai's rally one car wheezed its way into existence before promptly running out of puff this was the most unlikely fairy tale story in motorsport for a very long time but the big question did they need those controversial team orders to get it done Hyundai might say hey look we're still the people that won the championship in 2019 and 2020 like nothing's changed we're all still here let's find out the story I'm joined today by Tom Howard our rally man to discuss hey Tom a busy weekend how are you this morning you're right, busy weekend and
4: uh, extremely uh, tiring one, I suppose, to sort of keep your concentration levels up. There was a lot going on in Greece. so. Um, but as you said, you've given a perfect, perfect intro <laughs> to this because it was a, a fascinating Acropolis rally. Some would say controversial. Uh, well, let's ending. get into uh, it.
3: Let's get into it. Tell us the podium places first of all. What was
4: the finishing order? Thierry Neville got his first win of the season and headed a 1-2 of Voigt and Danny Sordo to complete a perfect podium sweep for Hyundai the first time they've ever achieved that in the sport it was also the first time they won three rallies in a row and it also marked uh four rallies uh four rally wins for the season which is their best matches their best total they've ever uh achieved in the past so when you think about all of that and you put it into the context of where the team was at Monte Carlo it's absolutely unthinkable it's it's an incredible turnaround one that I don't think we'll see again. Actually, it was genuine. It, it, that's how big this turnaround has been for me. Like to see how they've come from being absolutely nowhere. And and, I'm, and I know that sounds harsh, but the team would even agree with that. They were they were not quick. The car was not reliable. There were several reasons for this being the, you know Hyundai's late commitment to the Rally One hybrid regulations and the loss of their team boss Andrea Adamo, who left in December. So they were. You know, at times, I think the team even said they were six months behind the rest of their opposition, the Toyota's of this world and M Sport Ford. So, to deliver this result, and not only to deliver this result, but to do it in one of the toughest rallies on the calendar, and a, a car breaker, uh, one that where reliability
3: issues will be highlighted, to do it there, of all places, absolutely remarkable. Tell me how bad things were for Hyundai at the start of the season. And, of course, when you're six months behind... Your competitors don't stop for six months to let you catch up. Everyone's developing forward. So when you're behind in motorsport, it is in any sport, it's incredibly difficult. But how bad was this car, that a legendary double championship in recent years, winning name like Hyundai, that they actually built? Let's just take you back to Monte
4: Carlo in January, shall we? Where we had their best uh, car uh, result there was Thierry Neville. Who finished sixth, some seven minutes behind Sebastian Loeb, the winner of that rally. So and that was their best effort. Um, so Oytanak uh, crashed out, but even Neville coming into sixth had a had a damper issue, I believe, break. Like it was he was lucky to come home in sixth, while Oliver Solberg was choking on fumes that was coming into the car that made him so ill that they withdrew that car. So that you couldn't have probably uh, have i had a worse start to the season really um it was yeah i mean to the point where there are even rumors rumbling around the service park then that will high and i even you know will they continue in the sport will they just pull out and just say that this is too hard like this is not worth it considering the you know the funding that needs to be pumped into this um so that is that's the situation That was how bad it was so that's the context so to deliver that so let's remember they got off they got their first win they actually got their first podium at the next event in sweden but things were still problematic really until sardinia when when Oktanak actually won and, and and got their first win on the board but since then obviously they had their dramas in kenya and as as julian monse said that that was what sort of got them prepared for the acropolis but in bet- in between them they Tanak defeated Rovanperä in Finland on his home soil, <laughs> and he also won in Belgium. So uh, yeah, it's it's just been an incredible turnaround. Uh, but in the opposite direction, uh, you know, Toyota
3: has gone the other direction. So it's uh, <laughs> it's an interesting situation with the WRC at the moment. And what's been happening in the background at Hyundai in terms of the people and management? And have they been working on speed or was the focus all about reliability? So the the interesting thing at Hyundai is that
4: there has been some internal struggles throughout the entire season and purely because they don't have a team leader at the moment. There is actually not a team principal in charge of the team. We have Deputy Team Director Julian Monse currently sort of acting as a de, 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 you know as a de facto leader, but he's not technically in charge and no one has filled Adamo's shoes. So we've been going from event to event, not really knowing if whoever's going to be in charge of, of the team, because will they will they employ a, a team principal? There have been rumours that it was coming. It's not a, n- not arrived as yet. So imagine trying to, ha- you know, deal with, let's be honest, a, a really poor start to the season and an undeveloped car without a team leader and then like tr- trying to get all the decisions in place, trying to lead a team in the right direction when you've got, you know, people pulling in other directions is, is what it sounds like. It must have been h- absolutely horrific to deal with. And the fact that they have done this, this, you know, in spite of all those troubles just probably goes to show how good this team is and how good the team and employees they have to be able to, pull this together and turn it around with with all that
3: going on in the background. This was a weekend of attrition and yet the team somehow managed to do what the other teams couldn't. How did they do that this particular weekend at a real car breaker as well. <laughs> I don't really know if I have an answer. Like it's uh, <laughs> maybe um, they don't have an answer because they did they did have issues. They had battery <laughs> they had battery voltage issues yeah. that threatened to derail this whole dream. I mean look it was the drivers were just dripping with sweat the cars were overheating but crucially rather than if you're walking that tightrope rather than falling off and the cars breaking down maybe it's because they've been through so much pain and they've gone they've done the hard yards they've they've not had the luck that maybe they've come out the other side of it and because of the things they've learned on this car and the terrible year they've had so far when they came up against those issues this particular rally, they were able to overcome. Julian Monsey actually said that, it's quite an interesting
4: sort of quote in a way to look at it, he said that maybe we've learned from our misfortune in Kenya and in Kenya was probably the sort of One of the Nadirs, I suppose, for the season, probably their worst round since Monte Carlo. And that had come, you know, sort of after we thought they'd got on top of their reliability issues. But as he said, you know, we destroyed so many things, had so many issues that they left Kenya, which is obviously the the toughest rally of the year, knowing what, you know, what they really have to fix uh, for Acropolis. And to give them their absolute credit, they did it. Uh, They absolutely got, got to task. They learned their, from their mistakes in Kenya and they fixed them. And that's what's delivered them the victory here in Greece. Because you don't turn up to the Acropolis with an unreliable car and win. You just simply don't. It's that tough. They were given some fortune in the fact that the two uh, leading cars on Friday exited on Saturday, being the M-Sport duo of, of Sebastian Loeb and Pierre-Louis Lubre. And M-Sport were the team to beat on Friday. They won all six stages. Like, they couldn't be touched. Loeb was just incredible. You know, I don't know how he does it. He's just some sort of wizard, I think, because like at 48, he's just able to carry on winning stages... Leading rallies, he actually broke the record. He's now the oldest ever driver to uh, to lead a WRC event, uh, eclipsing the record by um, set in nineteen ninety one by the nineteen seventy nine world champion Bjorn Valdegaard. So, what he's able to do is just simply insane. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how how he continues to do it. So, Loeb was unfortunately hampered by an alternator failure um, on Saturday morning. Had that alternator. Uh, failure not happened, I don't think we would have been talking about a Hyundai 1-2-3. Really? Loeb was... You think, think he, was Loeb, that, he was that good this weekend? Yeah, Loeb was that good. Like, you just simply... He won four stages on Friday. Like, it just was, at times, just... He did make one rare error, and that allowed Lube to, to claim his first ever stage win. And well, this is a lovely story, in the fact that Lube claims his first ever stage win at the age of 25. This is only really his sort of third bit part WRC season so he's he's still a rookie but in doing so he took the rally lead and it's the first time so he won a stage his first ever stage and took the rally lead to lead a rally for the first time I don't think anyone's ever done that 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 is truly remarkable and then he only went and got a you know came into the next stage and won that as well so just to back up that I'm here and this is not a fluke I've got the pace and people need to start rallying around me because I might be the future of this team so it was It was an incredible performance from Lupe and also we should talk on his disastrous 2021 uh, where he was in an uncompetitive Hyundai uh, run by 2C competition, really struggled. Uh, And this is a WRC2 champion, so he's clearly got talent there, wasn't able to show it last year and had to end the season early after being hit by a, um, a road car while crossing a street in Paris, which broke his hip. So he he ended up last year in the wars and also not sure if he was ever going to be back in, in the WRC again. But M Sport gave him this lifeline and, and boy has he taken it. But yes, going back to my original point after that big tangent, I think if the dramas had the puncture for Lube on Saturday and and Loeb's alternate failure, I don't I'm not sure we'd have been talking about Hyundai one two three. I think I think those two would have would have factored in that and caused some havoc. Also, Toyota's Esperpékolapi was quick too, and a fuel pressure problem cost him. So, let's remember, Honda had some luck of their own, but also they they were just their car was bulletproof.
3: Let's see if not the boss of the team, Julien Marseille, <laughs> uh, mentions that luck in the uh, the official WRC press conference afterwards, which uh, they very kindly let us use this audio, so we're very thankful for that. Let's have a listen to what he said after that amazing fairy tale of a 1-2-3.
5: We have never achieved such a result since we are in Ali back in 2014. So uh, it's uh, it, 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 it's very it's very nice. I mean, we we as Thierry said, we are on a positive momentum. Uh, we have to be careful not to be too positive, and uh, we, we know that we still have to improve the car on uh, on many aspects. But uh, it was really important for us this one, two, three. We are really attached to to this result. I mean, we that's the first time this year we won in Finland. Uh, I think that's as well the first time we have three consecutive wins. Uh, If you look back at uh, the start of the season, where we are really struggling, to say the least. Uh, it's uh, very, very, very good, very very good to, to, to be back. We knew we would struggle in Monte Carlo. We were obviously late in the development, in the parts, in everything, and uh, step by step, we, we improved the car. I was pretty sure it would happen, but uh, because the team was still uh, still there, the structure is still the same, so there was no reason we, we could not make it again, but uh, we were just missing time, so it was not a question of if but more, when.
4: What do you think about what he said there? You don't turn into a bad team overnight. These are a talented bunch of guys. They were gonna get on top of it eventually, but I am surprised that they got on top of it this quickly and were able to deliver a one, two, three. Because let's remember, this is a one-two-three historic result for the team. And it's come with arguably one of their worst cars. Yeah. So like it it it's it's <laughs> it's the every way you look at it is it's, it's genuinely remarkable. It's just a classic case of of this WRC season, which we are enjoying, throwing up the results and drama that you just cannot script. Like, it, I look back at the year and, and it's incredible what we've we've been through, really. Like, we've had Loeb victories. We've had a low versus Ogier. We've had, you know, we've had a roving pair of magical moments that are just, you might never see again. And now we've got Tanak and the O
3: resurgence and M-Sports dramas. Like, it, it, you could write a book quite easily. Given the season that we're having, it would be a book that would have to live in the fantasy section of the library, wouldn't it? You, know, you couldn't make half of this up. That's why it's such an incredible, compelling season to follow, whether you're into your rally or whether you're just uh, kind of following it from the sidelines or just getting into it. Uh, a brilliant season this year. Right, coming up on the podcast next, we'll get into that big controversy around team orders, which denied Tanak the opportunity to close the gap on his title rival, Cali Pera And we'll hear from the man himself, the winner, Thierry Neuville, coming up on the podcast soon. Keep listening. Now, Tanak can win the title mathematically. And if you're Hyundai, you don't go out and go shopping and you don't employ a 2019 world champion for no reason. He is a star of that team. Thierry Neuville, the winner of this rally, on the other hand, would bleed Hyundai if you cut him. He is as Hyundai as they come, driving for them since uh, the team rejoined. Let's face it, Neuville was the winner Tanak, who can win the championship mathematically, was told to hold station. Can you please start to unpack this controversial issue of team orders that came from the very top of the company? You can understand both sides of the argument
4: here. They're on the verge of a historic result. Let's not try and do anything too clever and, and cause this to, to to you know slip away from our from us from ourselves. So I can understand to some degree the team order, but when Elfin Evans retired on Sunday morning, and they had a comfortable, comfortable gap over the the fourth place driver, um, you could quite easily, I think, have rearranged that order to allow Tanak to win this event and maximise, you know, his chances of reeling in Roven Pere. Right now, let's let's talk about the championship. But the, it is a slim chance for Tanak. Let's remember that it is a slim chance. But when Cali Roven Pere you know, has another rally where he's not in the top 10 and only salvages four points from a power stage, you have to take the most of those opportunities because Cali. you know, yes, okay, this is the second rally in a row that he's had some dramas, but if you look at his record previous, I, I don't think we'll see him have another mistake or a round like this again. He doesn't do that very often. So you need to kind of... It was an open goal for Tanak that he needed help with to uh to achieve the tapping shall we say um but um yes so you can understand tanak's frustration because he's he's there and if and i did the maths if he'd won the rally uh and he ended up winning the power stage as well so he would have achieved the maximum 30 points if he would if he did won the rally as well Uh, The gap to Rovenpera would be down to 46 points heading into New Zealand and there's 90 points on the table remaining. So it's quite an interesting prospect uh, when when you look at it like that because I think even last year, the championship went down to the wire and Ogier had a lead, I think, of around 44 points around Finland. And then in the last three rounds, he sort of really laboured towards the title and it went down to a to a you know down to the wire in in monza so anything can happen in rally uh so i think you if you're a team and you want to do the manufacturers and drivers double then probably getting behind tanak in in a situation like there was at greece where it was relatively comfortable to switch its drivers would have probably made sense and i can understand tanak's frustration because he will see that as a I'm clearly the number two driver here. This is Neville's team. I uh, I'm in the better position to win the championship, but yet they've they've gone with a, a, an order to to benefit Thierry. So that must feel pretty hard uh to take for like And clearly he was not happy at the end of the end of the rally saying that, you know. Uh, this was a correct decision if it was uh, done for, from a PR point of view, but it wasn't a correct decision for, for himself. So it's quite quite strong words, uh, and also said that you know it would have been a, it was a shame that there wasn't a fair fight. So you can sort of gauge
3: how this has sort of hurt Tanak. Um, but the, the thing is with racing drivers is that. Once a month, you know, like I imagine that they get paid on payday. Or when's the 28th of the month? When can I pay yeah. my bills? I'm sure it's done like, you know, with a, a contract that's paid in installments. But let's pretend they get paid, you know, weekly or monthly like the rest of the planet. And, and like, but they receive the money they're not writing the checks and you know i understand it because when you're a racing driver in the peak of your career with the peak of your powers you know you shouldn't be expected to think like a team manager but hyundai are writing the checks which these guys are then cashing and i understand it from a team perspective look we can do a one two three here it's doing you know it will do morale good for hundreds if not thousands of team members who work on this project and then there's going to be one happy driver who's been with the team a long time and one unhappy driver who is a former world champion and not, you know, with all respect to Newville, the nearly man, which has been the story of his career. So, you know, do you swap them around or do you not? And where does that decision come from? And, and as I alluded to, Tom, uh, just explained, explain, we gather this came from the very, very top of the company, way above the sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah. Level. It's, uh,
4: you, no, you make a good point And I, I, I have to say, like, you know, You know, the team does come first at the end of it, doesn't it? Like, let's let's be honest. But in this situation, if they'd swapped Neville and Tanak, they'd still have the 1-2-3. What does that say about the hierarchy within the team? Don't get me wrong, obviously Thierry has been there from day dot and so has Sordo. So, yes, they probably command that sort of respect. But let's remember, you know, Thierry is a four-time runner-up. Tanak is is actually a world champion. So if you're going to go on, if you were going to make your hierarchy on who's, who's won world championships, then, you know, Tanak comes ahead of Neville. So, and in this situation, ne- uh, Tanak had the better points tally in the championship. So it's it's such a tricky one. Again, I would hate to be in that role of having to tell the drivers what they were doing. Um, at the end of the day, like we can we can sit and talk about it, but we all think, and we all expect Rovenpera will win this title. You know, so... But is it will, it will this decision come back to bite them? Um, if Rovanperä continues to, to struggle and Tanak misses the title by what seven points, which is what he lost out on in Greece, then uh, you you know it's one of those ifs, isn't it? What if happens? Uh, it's a, it's so difficult for the team in this one. But I just feel like given the situation of the rally, if they wanted to, to maximise their chance of a drivers and manufacturers double perhaps switching switching Neville and Tannock was the was the best call but again I'm not a team boss um I'm not I'm not a driver either uh, so I can completely understand why they didn't want to risk causing any problems and and just settled for the Neville Tanak, Sordo, 1-2-3.
3: Let's have a listen to our rally winner, Thierry Neville, talking about that
6: 1-2-3. It has been a long time since Spain last year. We haven't been on the top step of the podium and in between there haven't been many podiums either. Um, And uh, it's true that, yeah, it felt like ages. It's a good feeling to be back, to be honest, but uh, yeah, it's my 16th victory in WRC. I won't say we we get used to it, but we know how it feels. I feel like this weekend there are special emotions because uh, we've done a 1-2-3 with the team which is something uh, we have worked hard for over the last past years and uh, we have gone through a lot of uh, highs and downs, some difficult times, um, some great times as well, but we never achieved to secure a 1-2-3 and uh, to get it here this weekend feels amazing and I think everybody in the team um, and especially those who have been with me since the beginning in the team um, feel very proud and uh, feel like, yeah, another mission is uh, accomplished.
3: Does he want to say the word team a few more times in that reply? I mean, look, that that was he was. There's always going to be if his team orders a happy guy and unhappy guy, yeah, and and absolutely. he's going to be the guy that goes, you know what? Hey, it's about the team. We come together. We pull together. One quick story before we go. Um, I want to mention Sordo. This incredible story that actually they texted him to swap position with Tanak earlier in the weekend, and he claims that he didn't get it because they texted him on his phone two minutes before the rally stage start. That's an incredible story. I'm going to defend. Danny on in this case, uh
4: in this sport, they are in, in extremely remote locations. So the only sometimes the only way to get in contact with them is via text message. When you're in the Greek mountains or whatever, you know, the coverage isn't isn't actually that great to the point where I think even Loeb sort of struggled to try and get hold of someone on the phone to help repair this alternator because of the phone coverage. You know, the signal isn't isn't so great. So you can, I can understand how Danny would have would have missed that, but then you know, there's obviously you know the other side of the story. Whereas you know, he's been would he have been you know, would he have missed it on purpose? I, I don't think so. I mean, some people might argue that he did. To say that that they don't uh, they don't look at their phones is is not true because if you if you watch the coverage, a lot of the times when they when they're in locations which you know which are perhaps not in the uh, not as remote as the Greek mountains. You will often see the drivers watching the WRC live coverage before they enter the stage just to see if there's anything that's gonna crop up to cause them any trouble. It's it's quite incredible actually. I watch you watch the drivers and they've got their phones out and they're watching the coverage because you can learn stuff from it. So that is one of the sort of weird quirks of, of rallying, is that because you know, you're going one by one into the stage. You can kind of you, you can kind of learn some things. Without, you know, <laughs> without realising it, if you
3: turn your phone on and watch the live coverage. A uh, quick mention for Toyota. I think they're sort of 60-odd point leading the championship, 63-point, and there must be 150-odd left to score. Uh, so somehow this year isn't over, which is bizarre. It's so bizarre to start. We thought this was such a done deal. A quick mention, final minute of the podcast on Cali Robin a champion elect, Lady Luck, who has been hitching a ride with him all year, uh, she appears to have jumped out of the car the last couple of events because he can't catch a break, but walking his way to the title rather than sprinting his way. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yeah, that that is. And and just to say, yeah, Toyota
4: really struggled for pace with all four cars in Greece this weekend. Um, they, don't, they weren't to uh, flash in Sardinia either, which was similar conditions. So this could be just an, a weakness of the car in these sort of rough, loose gravel events where it's not quite... In the window and, and able to be at its you know at its best where we've seen it in you know pretty much every other round. So that, that's that sort of is a caveat to why Toyota were were in sort of you know uh, perhaps mm. not where they should have been. Also, Evans Elf and Evans retired from fourth on Sunday with a mysterious engine failure, which we don't quite understand or engine issue shall I say? Mm. And as I said earlier, Lappi had this fuel pressure problem. So there were some reliability issues that came in. But going to your point about Cali, yes. He had to open the roads here, and this is this would have been the toughest one to open the roads on because of the nature of these stages. So he lost more than a minute uh, to opening the road on Friday, but also his car wasn't quite in the window. And then on Saturday, he's, he's clipped a, a tree and taken the entire tailgate off his car and done a sort of... Uh, tried to sort of pay homage, I suppose, to Lappi in <laughs> Finland with his lack of roof and uh, windscreen, but but didn't quite do as good a job as Esapekka did. Um, but yeah, he lost his entire tailgate, damaged the rear suspension and rear brakes, so he lost like 16 minutes to that. So any chance of a, a championship points row? I actually think he needs he does deserve credit for hauling that thing to. Well, I say hauling that thing, hauling the, his GTR Yaris, which wasn't. Uh, let's say in the best uh, as as competitive as it could have been to four points on that power stage and those four points could actually be vital come the end of this championship so credit to him for carrying on right to the end and not letting this be a complete disaster so um, yeah I'd I'd say kudos to Kali but uh, I imagine we'll see normal service being resumed in New Zealand
3: at the end of this month actually and not long to wait Tom you'll be jumping on a plane uh, to go to the other side of the planet to watch uh, more action on gravel before the tarmac of uh, Spain and then finishing off in, in Japan of course thank you very much for joining us once again on the podcast make sure you are following Tom on his socials how can listeners do that uh, Tommy Howard
4: um, Yeah, so you can I, I try and I try and inform people of anything <laughs> that's uh, of use on a, from a rallying nature so uh, good yeah, uh hopefully that you know people are entertained by it but uh yeah, as i said, yep, you know, stay tuned to autosport. We're we're doing the best we can to deliver uh, the best coverage we-
2: with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
2: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: You can for the WRC. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast and we'll catch you on the next one.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EZ to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment.